Welcome to War Dove Podcast. Warring Dove International is a kingdom organization focused on building local and global partnerships, equipping ministry leaders, and raising up a company of warriors who, like a dove, have eyes to pursue one thing, the king. Thank you for tuning in today as our founder, Lisa McFarland, shares her message. Great, good for you. So now you aren't moving in the gifts of spirit and they're not accessing your gift of worship. And the body is divided because there's a spirit of poverty that's causing us not to multiply, not to step into our destiny. He's stealing. He's killing and destroying. He's destroying the unity and he's destroying the multiplication that we should be operating at. He's destroying how the body, when it's fitted and joined together, Paul says in Ephesians 4, that every joint moves and supplies something to the whole body. Right? If you can get the picture of this, when I withhold my gifts from somebody, let's say that, you know, I didn't like Geta. You know, and I'm jealous of him. He's got curlier hair than me. <laughs> and every time I get around Geta, you know, he's got an anointing to pray for the sick. And I'm, and I'm sick. And I need him to pray for me. I need the anointing of healing that he's operating in to flow into my body and bring me into healing so that I can begin to prosper. I can begin to go and pray for other people and they get healed. And he knows how that anointing flows. It's a gift that he's moving in. But I'm like, I don't like him. I don't like him. So I won't even go and approach him and say, could you teach me about healing? Could you show me what you learned? Because I would like to learn that revelation of Jesus. Because it's really not about him. It's about Jesus in him. And I'm withholding Jesus from myself. And I won't even tap into Jesus or the anointing and the presence of Jesus that's operating over there. Because it's not operating in me. But it could if I stopped having this mentality and I stopped judging and being critical and I stepped over and said, my brother, I'm weaker in this area. Could you teach me? And then maybe he would at that point say, well, you know what? You're much better at administration. I need help. And we could share what we have with one another. Because don't we all prophesy in part? You know, because the spirit of prophecy is the testimony or the revelation of Jesus. And you don't have all the revelation of Jesus by yourself, and you never will. And if you don't tap into the anointing that's flowing through one another, we will never have a full picture of who Jesus Christ is. Why are you talking about this? Because the world's about to explode in revival. We need an anointing we've never had before. And this spirit is the opposite of the anointing. Right? Because when the Holy Spirit comes, we all move with the same spirit. Different gifts, different manifestations, but it's one spirit. So if I cut myself off from that part of God's spirit and that part of God's spirit, you know, I mean, how can I have only 10% of God? I don't want 10% of God. I want all of it. I don't want to move in a spirit of poverty. Jesus came that we might have life and have it abundantly or to the fullest extent. I don't want a 10% revelation of Jesus. I want a full revelation of Jesus, as much as I can handle, and then some. If I have a poverty mentality, it will cause me to erect walls and mistrust people and criticize them. And boy, don't we see that right now. There's a false river 
And there's also a false smoking and burning. Isaiah chapter 4 talks about when the glory comes, that it causes a spirit of judgment, which means to bring justice, right? And a spirit of burning to come on Mount Zion or on the people of God. There's a smoking and burning right now and a judgment that's being released in the media in our nation, but it's not the one from God. Because when God's smoking and burning comes and God's judgments come, people learn about Jesus. When people are judging and it's not about Jesus, they don't learn about Jesus. They learn about you and how you're not like Jesus. Right? When I have a poverty mentality, I will have addictions. Because I feel separated from God. I feel like an orphan. I feel like something's missing and it gnaws at me. Why can't I have that? Why can't I do that? Why, why can't I just go? Why can't I trust? Why don't I feel loved? And then I will form addictions to numb the pain when really there's a poverty going on in me. I'm lacking a presence. I'm lacking the anointing that breaks every yoke. I'm lacking or not tapping into my sonship and I feel like a bastard or an orphan and so I'm wandering around sabotaging my own life and my own ministry it's not what God has for us right John says this in 3 John verse 2 beloved I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers you know my mind will and my emotions have to line up with truth what does God say about you what does God say about the kingdom what does God say about his spirit right he said he sent his word and he healed all of your diseases he talks about giving you power to get wealth right in Deuteronomy it talks about it talks about God has given us power to, to, to get wealth, right? And wealth is not necessarily money. Because if you're sick, your wealth is your, is your health, right? If you're alone, then wealth is relationships, right? If you're a business person, wealth is contacts, you know? And God has all of that. And we have access to that through the anointing and through his presence, I, 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 you know, God was just really dealing with, with, with me about this thing about poverty and about how God wants to heal that. You know, so if I have a poverty mentality, I don't go, I don't give, I don't listen, I don't love, I don't share, I don't tell, I don't trust. Instead, I'm comparing, contrasting, and criticizing. Comparing, contrasting, you know. Comparing, contrasting everybody around me instead of looking at God and trying to be like him. And I'm criticizing everybody. In fact, I'm focusing on what I don't have. The focus is on me, not on God. Right? That's what's happening. The Bible says in James chapter 4, 17, He that knows to do good and doesn't do it, it's to him it is sin. When I refuse to let God use me and release the anointing on my life or the resources I have to another person, God says that's sin. In fact, it's a, it's a spirit of self-preservation. It's a form of pride. And, I'm, and this poverty mentality is reinforcing idolatry that I'm operating in. And that is keeping me separated from the anointing, which would open up everything to me in my life or ministry. I, I, I want you to think about this. I'm saying some things tonight that are a little intense and sharp. And James says this in James 1.21. He says, you need to receive with meekness the engrafted word. You need to put away wickedness and all these things that are destroying. You need to receive with meekness the engrafted word. I want you to imagine an olive tree right here. 
right? And we're going to engraft something into it. In order for this tree to be provoked to do something more, for it to grow. This is what Paul talks about in Romans. He says, this is why God brought the Gentiles into Israel. To, like when you have an olive tree and it gets old and, it, and it's kind of gotten used to being there and it's just kind of, you know, I don't I have the strength anymore. I can't produce anymore. And so what they'll do is they'll go find another olive tree and they'll cut a branch off of it and they'll take this tree and make a cut in its side. They'll cut its side open and they'll stick the other branch and graft it in and insert it in. When that happens, when that branch is inserted here, this tree all of a sudden gets excited and comes alive again and begins to multiply and produce like it never could before. The words that God wants to speak to us right now are like that. They're words that are to be engrafted in us. What I'm speaking to you tonight is to provoke you to godly jealousy. It's to provoke you out of slumber. It's to provoke you out of a mindset that is cutting you off from the anointing that you need to break the yoke that is holding back what God wants to do. Not just you, but in the body of Christ in this church. Amen? Amen. Just like Jesus was cut open right? Sometimes we have to be cut open by the word of God. We, we might have to risk it. I might have to go to this person and say, look, I have something going on in my body and I prayed and prayed and prayed and I don't understand faith. I don't understand healing. And I allow that person to cut me open and bring a word and graft it into me so that I can begin to produce more fruit or new fruit. I have to be willing where the Bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend where they'll speak to me. You need to ask somebody, do you think I have faith? Do you think I'm critical? You know, do you, do, you think that, do you think that I'm trusting God? And then let them tell you the truth. Let them speak into your life. It hurts. It's like being cut open and the word of God gets put in there. But if I don't allow that, I'm not going to produce the fruit that God has for me to produce in this season. Let's talk about the anointing for a minute. Let's talk about the anointing and what God wants to do with the anointing. Right? I want you to think about this. There's a spirit of poverty and there's the anointing. They are the opposite of one another. Right? The anointing is the spirit of the Lord. This is the spirit of poverty. This is the spirit of the Lord. This is bondage. This is addiction. This is lack. This is fullness. This is life. This is the anointing. Right? I don't want this. I want that. I want to get rid of this and I want him. Right? I don't want myself and focus on myself and what I don't have. Because it's not by my might and not by my power anyway, Zechariah says. It's by his spirit. If I keep looking at what I'm not, I will never look at what he is. As long as I keep looking at you and what you're doing or not doing for me, I'm not tapping into my inheritance that I already have before time began. Think about this. Ephesians says this, God already gave good works in advance for you to do. Before you were born, God already created greatness for you. You just need to step into it. Nobody makes you great. God already did. In Acts chapter 2, let's read this. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. How does the anointing come? And how's this anointing going to work in my life, Lisa? You know, I don't want to have a spirit of poverty. 
It's the anointing that's going to break this yoke that we've been operating in. And I want, I want you to think about this. Jesus says to his disciples, listen, in Acts 1.8, you're going to have to go and wait until you receive power or you receive an anointing. When that comes, you will be my witnesses, right? There'll be a revelation that you will speak. You'll prophesy. It'll change things. You have to go and wait until you have that. Then in Acts chapter 2, the Spirit of God comes. Acts chapter 2, it says, And when the day of Pentecost had come, suddenly there was a rushing mighty wind, right? Probably angels, because the angels are winds. Come into the room, and there was a noise, and fire, what looked like fire, set on the top of everybody's head. Not one person was anointed. Not one person manifested Holy Spirit. It said, and they were all filled, right? We can't have a poverty mentality that says God only does it for her, and he only does it for him, but he doesn't do it for me. No, because in Acts 2.38, it says the promise was for you and your children, and for everyone afar off, as many as God calls to himself. If you're in this place, God called you by his spirit. Because no one can say Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is operating in you already. And if he's filled you with the Holy Spirit, you have already been anointed and you have already been sent. Right? And a poverty mentality says, nobody cares about me. Nobody loves me. Everybody wants me to eat worms. I'll never be used by God. I'll never get to do anything. But the truth is, when the Holy Spirit comes, you are anointed with power. You have an inheritance because you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. And somebody died so you can inherit everything. And the promise is for you and for your children and for everybody out there too, even in Africa. Because God said so. If you have been anointed by God, you have also been sent. That's what the Bible says. We have to come out of agreement with a lie. I remember, you know, when I, when I thought it was my husband's fault that I wasn't doing mission work. And it was my children's fault. And it was because I didn't have any money. And it was because I was sick. And then it was because I was too old. But when God showed up in my room on July the 31st, 2006, in Salinas, Ecuador, you know what? I found that it wasn't my husband's fault. It wasn't my kid's fault. It wasn't, it wasn't my parents' fault. It wasn't the government's fault. It was, you know what? You know whose fault it was? Mine. Because I did not believe what God had been saying about me my whole life. And I thought it was all about me and what I could do. And I, and I had forgotten or did not know or did not understand or did not agree with the fact that it was by his spirit and that his anointing would come on me and shape me and turn me into it. Poverty, what I don't have, what I have, what I don't have. Anointing, who he is and what he has. And if his spirit has come on me, I am anointed and I've already been sent. So in Acts chapter 2, they received the Holy Spirit, just like he said, that was going to give them power, right? It was going to give them power. Verse 37, Acts 2. Now, now, after Holy Spirit comes and shows up and you know it, Now what? Now, when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart. That's the cutting open so that God's word can be engrafted into you. And and said to Peter and the rest of the group, Brother, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent 
and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of your sin. And you will receive, not you might, or I, maybe I can, I don't know if I'm good enough. No, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and those who are far off, as many as God calls. And he goes on and he keeps preaching. And then, in verse in verse. 41, so, the, so when they had received his word, they were baptized. And there was added to that day 3,000 people. And listen to this part. And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. And many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and all had and all and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with everyone as everyone might have a need. And day by day, they continued with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. And they were taking their meals together with glad and sincerity of heart. They were praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to the numbers day by day those who were being saved. So over here in a poverty mentality, I don't trust you. I don't share. I won't receive. What are you? You're trying to give me something? What do you want? Right? I, I, I care all about you, what's happening to me, not you. I don't trust. I don't love. I'm suspicious, which is false discernment. Right? Are you prophets? Stop being suspicious and saying it's discernment. It's false discernment. And, and then, so that's what a poverty mentality does. And it keeps us apart and it keeps us from revival. Over here, God's spirit comes and the anointing comes on them to give them power. And you know what happens? Here's what happens. They, they receive an anointing. Then they receive the word. Then they're fellowshipping. They're gathering together. They were together. There were all things in common. They began selling things, not holding on things, not hoarding. No, they're selling things and sharing it. They're uh, addressing the needs. They're not hoarding and worried that if I help that person or I speak out that word, what will they think? No, they're worried about the need. They're worried about what the kingdom. It says they were taking their meals together. Right? There's no way we can bring an end to division in America if we don't have this kind of anointing. It's what brings people together. This is what brings revival. This is what builds churches. This is what ends discord and division in a nation. It says that they were glad, there was a gladness. Right? You know, when you're happy, when you're all by yourself, you're not happy. Stop lying. No man is an island to himself, and you're all by yourself and all alone. You think you're all happy. No, you're not. These people are glad. There's a river that makes glad the city of our God. It's the river that comes from the throne. That's what brings gladness. That's what brings joy, right? It says there was sincerity. You know what sincerity means? It means on fire. I know it doesn't say, you know, in America we say sincerely. No, sincerely means I am burning and smoking with the deepest passion and a fiery desire. That's what it means to be sincere. So don't tell me you're sincere if you're not sincere. You should be smelling like fire and smoke. You should be a revival happening everywhere you go if you sincerely love God. That's what it means to be sincere. 
right? To be sincere. And it says, because of that anointing and all these things are happening, the church was growing every day. Every day the church was growing, right? Because God's government is increasing, not shrinking. A poverty mentality says, this church is big enough. We like it the way it is. Really? Ask God what he thinks, because God doesn't like it the way it is. God wants more of you. God wants more of the city. God wants all the families. God wants every nation, tribe, and tongue. He wants every knee to bow and every tongue to confess that he's king of kings and lord of lords. So don't tell me that you can be satisfied with your happy little life. Because that's not the kingdom. Because the kingdom's increasing and growing. It's expanding. We're over here, I focus on what I don't have or what I do have. And then I point my finger at God like it's his fault. Over here, the anointing and this kingdom mentality, not a poverty mentality, a kingdom mentality will cause me to focus on who God is and what God has already given the focus is on me, focuses on him. Right? Let's talk about this. If I'm anointed and I'm sent, prove it, Lisa. John 20, verse 21 says this. Jesus says, peace be with you. He's talking to his disciples. Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I also send you. As the Father sent me, right? We're supposed to be Christians, little Christ. We're supposed to be conformed into the image of the Son. The Father sent him, he's sending you. You've already been sent. Right? You don't have to wait for somebody to tell you to do something. You've been sent. You've been sent. Right? In Acts 1.8, it says, it, it, it says uh, that... Uh, that you will receive power, right? Because you've, So you've been anointed, right? You've been anointed because you have the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, we'll make sure you get it tonight. Amen. The fact that you're here at all, the Holy Spirit's already working in you. Now you just be filled with Him and anointed and, and, and have the Spirit of the Lord come on you. In you, on you, around you, and out of you. Yes. So you, you know, you've been anointed. You've been sent. You have power, right? Acts 1.8 says that, that go and wait until you receive power. Luke 24.49. You should write these scriptures down. Luke 24.49. And behold, Jesus is talking to the disciples. Behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you. Upon you. And you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So you're clothed with power on high. So the Spirit's drawing me, the Spirit comes in me, and the Spirit comes on me. Right? He's coming in me when I receive Him, and He's coming on me. And what is, it, what is the Spirit coming on me? To give me power. Power to do what? Power to overcome. Power to finish. Power to cast out demons. Power to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. Power to prophesy. Power to prosper. Power to get wealth. Power, right? Not my own power. If I looked at my own power, I wouldn't do anything that I'm doing today. I still sometimes look in the mirror and I forget, you know, because when I'm under the anointing, Jesus is just coming out. But then I look in the mirror and I'm like, why do people even listen to me? I don't even know why they come, right? Because it's not about me. It's about what's in me. It's heaven in me, right? It's the power that's at work in us. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It's at work in us. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. And not just me. 
because I don't have a Lisa Holy Spirit and you have, you know, you have a Louise Holy Spirit and you have a Morella Holy Spirit. Right? There's not different versions of Holy Spirit. There's only one Holy Spirit. And either I have him and you have him. It's the same Holy Spirit. God's not a respecter of persons. He didn't give me, you know, a certain Holy Spirit and then give you a and give you a a, a, a lesser grade of him. Are you kidding me? When God gives you himself, he gives you himself to the fullest. It's a poverty mentality that causes me to diminish and downsize and build walls around what God can do or not do with me because I'm looking at myself. It's about how great and awesome our God is and how his anointing comes and clothes us and shapes us into what he wants. To him that he called, he gave them the power to become the sons of God. You know, you're not a son of God when God comes to you. Believe me, trust me, when God calls you into ministry or asks you to do something, it's not because he looks over and says, oh, hey, she's so great and she's so talented. Or, hey, he's so handsome and he's going to be great. No. It's God says, basically, I need a body. Where can I get a body that will empty itself out and be available for me? Who can I fill up with myself? Because to them, he gave the power to become the sons of God. You and me are holding him back. God's not holding you back. You're holding him back. And I could say that because I have that mentality. And sometimes it still comes back. It's like so many areas I've overcome and I've lined up my thinking with God. And then again, I'll be over here in some other stupid area and I'll be like, oh yeah, that's right. God is God. Oh yeah, that's right. It's really not about me. It's God. Oh, I'm sorry, God. I forgot again. That's why I have to have my mind renewed. That's why his mercies have to come every day. That's why I have to have his bread every day. Because my flesh wits will pull me back over here into this realm, looking at me, looking at you. Look, if I looked at people, I wouldn't do what I'm doing today either. It's a good thing I could see Jesus in you. And trust that Jesus will do it. And override. You are blessed. Not only are you anointed, right? Not only are you anointed, not only are you sent, not only do you have power, but you are also blessed. Let's deal with that lie. You know, if your mother and father rejected you, the Bible says God will take you up and you'll be his son. That's much better. You've been upgraded. You ought to thank your parents. Thank you for rejecting me. Thank you. Praise God. I have been upgraded. You know, my parents, I don't know, they didn't have a lot of money, but my Father in Heaven has everything. I've been upgraded. It's all about perspective, isn't it? And you can believe the lie, you know. uh, You know, I'm not pretty. You know, the Bible says Jesus was ugly. No one desired him. That's what it says in Isaiah. So if you don't look good, maybe that's good. Then when God's glory comes on you, everybody will know it's Jesus. And all that glow is Jesus. And you'll bring glory to Jesus. We need to get over ourselves. It's holding us back. Listen to me, I'm being funny, but do you hear the seriousness of my voice? We're holding back revival. We're holding back the anointing that God wants to release in us. Because we can't get past our 
ourselves. And I wish everybody in my church was here tonight. Ooh. <laughs> we are. Maybe so. <laughs> oh, shake it up. So you are blessed, right? I think sometimes you, we, we have this thought, God doesn't love me, right? There's some mental thing that happens when things are hard because we've been taught or we have this thought, I don't know where it comes from, but when things are hard, then we think we were bad. Because if God loved me and my parents loved me, there wouldn't be any problems, right? Yeah. And nobody ever says it, but we think it. Well, God, you must not love me because it's been really hard. It's been a struggle. God loves Israel more than anybody else in the earth. How much struggle have they had? You know why it's been hard? Because you wouldn't have done it and you wouldn't have come to him if it had been easy. You would not become that. Right? Without pressure, you don't become anything. Look at a vessel of clay. You must squeeze it. Right? Everything has to be shaped, molded, cut, burned, pressurized to form and become. Even a baby in the womb has to be squeezed out. It's a process. Just because it was hard doesn't mean it's always going to be hard. That's a lie. Did you hear me? Just because it was hard doesn't mean it's always going to be hard. Even if it's always hard down here on the earth, there's eternity where it won't be hard. It's a lie that we're not blessed. When you know you're blessed, you'll be like, dude, I don't care if you lie about me, I'm blessed. Dude, I don't care if you stole that, I'm blessed. Go ahead, you can have it. I'm blessed. It's okay if you don't love me. I'm a son of God. Hey, it it doesn't matter what you think about me. God says I'm his treasure, chosen out of all the earth. Doesn't matter if you love me because God so loved the world. He loved me. He gave his only begotten son for me. Right? When I know I'm blessed, it changes my whole attitude about how I view circumstances, how I view you. It'll allow me to forgive you because you don't know any better. You don't know you're blessed. If you knew you're blessed, you'd stop that mess. Amen. When you're blessed, Luke 24, 50 says this. Jesus, at the same time that Jesus says you're going to be clothed with power, he says he lifted his hands and he blessed them. The Bible says the blessings of God fall on the just and the unjust alike. Thank you so much for listening to Warring Dove International's podcast. To find out more about our ministry and how you can partner with us, please visit our website at wardoves.com. And if you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to leave a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. We'll see you next time on our next episode.